I'm but, right you know, on cue. Technical difficulties, we'll just roll with it. Nobody saw it anyway. Nobody, nobody's watching yet, right? Usually I think they filter in after they get that live notification. Uh, for you folks listening back on the podcast, what are we talking about? Well, we do this right here live every Thursday night, uh, precisely 7.30 on the dot, right? Stay tuned to AllEliteWrapUp.com. Subscribe to AllEliteWrapUp.com completely free, and you'll get the updates in your inbox when we're going live and exactly what times. But, Tom... Man, a lot uh, to discuss. You know, um, we have AEW Dynamite happened last night, and we are going to talk about that. We have been for several weeks applauding and happy cheering uh, our local Kansas City Chiefs, and we get to do that still. They won the Super Bowl, back-to-back Super Bowls. We were elated. We are elated. It was one of the funnest things uh we've ever encountered quite frankly uh fast forward a few days yesterday uh i actually did not go because uh it had some sudden last minute family things that took us requiring to just kind of run some errands that day uh there was a super bowl parade that tom did go to and if anybody watches the news surprise we live in america so there was a fucking mass shooting at the thing and that really soured things. So it feels weird to come out here and be like, yay, Chiefs won the Super Bowl. Although, yay, Chiefs won the Super Bowl. But um, fuck guns, yeah, right? I mean, Can we say fuck this right. country I sometimes? Mean, like, I don't know. Yeah, and I I believe as far as separating the two, because it, it wasn't as if, you know, someone on stage said something that upset someone. Right, it wasn't so one caused the other. Right. right, yeah, they were two separate incidents. So... Yeah, I'm going to celebrate. Look, I got my Super Bowl 58 Las Vegas t-shirt on. By the way, I'm drinking from my Super Bowl 54 coffee mug. Got some good old tea going on here. Oh, and what's that right there? Oh, that's a newspaper from Super Bowl 57. So I'm all in to the Chiefs. Wait, that was last now, year's Super Bowl. That was last year's. This was So wait, they won last year's Super Bowl too? Oh, man. How you often know, does that happen? Well, here's the thing that's crazy. And... <laughs> He's he's two-thirds of the way there. I am not in the mm-hmm. prediction business. I don't even necessarily like the prediction business because it's like, mm-hmm. why, it's not that you're, ooh, you, you know, whatever. However, one thing that was funny at the time but could actually happen is before last season, so before fi- Super Bowl 57, uh, good old Nick Wright of Fox Sports 1, Kansas City's own, predicted a three-peat he goes oh yeah we're gonna win three in a row and everyone's like ha 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 and he goes yeah we're gonna win three in a row and then he said before last year's super bowl he's like this is the year to get us we have all the rookies if you don't get us now we're getting a three-peat we won and then he goes hey wide receivers didn't advance this is the year to get us if you don't get us we're gonna three-peat boom and then what does he say now well now we're gonna sign t higgins or you know tyler boyd or whoever these other people are pay chris jones or pay sneed you know then we're gonna be way better. Like you guys are fucked. So it'd be so fun. I don't. I don't think he's the receiver. Not necessarily the receiver I want, but having T Higgins to like shit on the Bengals with <laughs> would or be fun. Tyler Boyd. Yeah, either one. <laughs> Tyler Boyd or T Higgins would be fun. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, Mike Evans. Yeah, but anyhow, that's the football portion. So yeah, it, I am very much celebrating. Yay, Chiefs! All about it. Yeah, I still have uh, Emily. So. And Jeffrey Sills is in the chat. And if anyone else joins, uh, I'm wearing a, uh, like a friendship bracelet. Is that a Taylor Swift thing? I think it's a Taylor Swift. That thing. is a Swifty thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You're a bona fide Swifty. Well, but my my wife made it for me before the Super Bowl, and it says "In Spags We Trust." Yes. So I got an "In Spags We Trust" long term uh, extension signed. By the way, Spags. yeah. Another great so piece nobody's of news. Stealing a head coach from us. Yeah, love it, man. Love it. Love yeah, it. So uh, Jeffrey Sills says. By the way. No, y'all was going to win. And of course, I mean, there was never a doubt. Ask Nick Wright. But brother, there was some doubts. There was some doubt. Yeah, there was a lot of doubt. Boy, up until that throw. And now there was no, never, a, there was doubts up until when I saw Mahomes let go of the ball and I saw it was on target to Hardman. I literally leapt out and I ran. I didn't see the catch until I like came back in and saw that they were celebrating. I was like, okay, good. But I was like, I, I already knew it was over. That's when the doubt ended. I was like, oh, it's fucking, it's fucking done. We finally did it. <laughs> that game was I a think nail biter. I sent you, yeah, oh, I fuck. think I sent you the message. But I, when I became uber confident is when Travis Kelsey in the fourth quarter 
had that crossing pattern that took us to the 10. Yeah. And he, you know, went the fastest he's ever went in seven years or whatever. That was, I was like, oh, we've won because I knew we were going to get the field goal. And I knew the defense, Chris Jones specifically, could get one stop and then we would have the ball. Yep. I didn't. Fun fact, kind of like the 49ers, I didn't know how the overtime rules worked. Um, <laughs> no. And so I just thought, like, the defense was going to stop them, you know? Um, yeah. But uh, No, I loved it. I uh, It was it was a blast, man. I, I was really uh, just just losing my mind the whole game, right? Like, I mean, it was such a back oh, and I forth know. in a defensive way, right? Like, it was yeah. – it was intense, but yeah, at some point, um, you give him the ball with a chance to never give it back to you, and that was your mistake. You know what I mean? Like that's that's what happened. Yeah. Yes. So that's the fun part of since our last episode. And so to pivot just a little bit, as you mentioned, and as Jeffrey Sills says, a bit of a somber day after the shooting. Yeah. Um and oh yeah. Like here's here's the, what I'll say. This is just what I'll say. Uh, we all know the answers on how to fix this. There are certain individuals that have a lot of power that do not want change to happen. And so that's, that's it, right? Like there's not yep. this, this isn't, this isn't a mystery solved for X type of issue. We all know what the, what the mm-hmm. answer is and, and all of these you know, false arguments of, well, bad guys will still get it. Yeah. Bad guys will still do whatever they like. That's not the people we're trying to stop when we make restrictions. Yeah. You we're trying you to still stop attempt the to who, limit the product in ways. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You try to limit the mm-hmm. people. Cause that, the other thing about <laughs> handguns that I don't want to necessarily go down the route of is, you know, the majority of the time it's used is not in mass shootings. It's in taking your own life. So that's another reason why, Mm -hmm. yeah. So that's another reason why you would want to limit that capability. Um, I'll throw another one at you Uh, for the people who think they need it for, um, for self-defense. I went and looked this one up on my own on the Bureau of Crime Statistics. And you are four times more likely if you are being assaulted by somebody to wind up injured or dead if you had a weapon on you. You are four times oh. more likely because you know what they see you fumbling for it and you look like a jackass. So guys, well, it's yeah. like, come on. So here's the thing I'll say to people, right? We we all know the answer, like Tom said. We've been shown the answer, and what gets in the way is a lot of fucking inflated hyperbole, right? And so mm-hmm. do with that what you will. Vote, canvas, call whatever you think your thing is, right? Or to to your own folks, right? Clean your own house, whatever that is, right? But I need to stress to people that those of you, I'm not even a, a get rid of all guns guy, right? Like I, I live out here in a fucking rural area. I understand people got to shoot coyotes and shit, right? Like I'm not, I'm not selling people that, right? But like I'm telling you people with guns, this is a fucking you problem. You know who didn't shoot up 20 fucking four people at the parade yesterday was somebody without fucking guns. So, like, you guys got to fucking do something about it or somebody's going to say nobody can fucking have them at some point. So fucking do something about it. Like, yeah, I'm not out here killing anybody with my fucking gun because it's not fucking here, right? So, like, fucking mm-hmm. do something about it. You fucking scared me. Anyway, yeah. like, I just, I'm, I'm done with it. Yeah. Like, somebody's got, like, fucking handle your own shit you i keep hearing about responsible gun owners but what are you doing about the fucking irresponsible ones because those are you people right like gun owners yeah and i think what they'll at least do is like well i don't know these people you know they're they're the bad ones you know it's just Mm -hmm. you know you saw what Nick Wright said and you sent it to me. I watched mm-hmm. the episode today and he pointed out yeah. two really easy things to do. Uh, one, the uh, ban, the assault rifle um, needs to go back into mm-hmm. legislation. And then again, in this own state, you know, Tim, you live in Kansas. I live in Missouri, but as he mm-hmm. mentioned, our, we are arguing on the Missouri Supreme court that our cops shouldn't follow federal gun laws forcing our cops whether they want to or not because the cops are all individual local entities right but the state's saying they're they're going to mandate that you don't 
Fuck Kansas you. City is Kansas <laughs> yeah. City is manda- uh, Kansas City is ran by the state. That's the other thing. Kansas yeah. City is not uh. like its own. Tr- well, yeah, know. not each one, but like I mean, all right. the you know what I mean. Like the the yes, various yeah, police yeah, departments yeah. are always like ran by various things. But the states co- trying to come down and say you guys cannot do what the federal government is telling you to do. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, and so you know, doing that, and then he- here's where. Again, I don't want to go too far into this, but yeah, I know we can, we thought, can wrap it up. Right, but the, well, the thought that I always bullshit, had, but. yeah, but the thought I always had is, you know, uh, gun manufacturers have uh, blanket immunity, right? They, they can't get rid of it. Watch, watch how quick they police themselves when they don't have that luxury of, well, it's not my problem. Watch, watch how many people have background checks. Watch how many barcodes yeah. don't get oh, scratched oh yeah. off and things of that. Make nature. gun owners have insurance liability and things will change. Yeah. The insurance companies will police that shit immediately. Your yeah, shit. So- if it's not inventoried and proven that you still fucking have it and winds yeah. up in a goddamn crime and your ass gets fucking fined $45,000 or whatever, the shit will start to get fucking under wraps a little bit. I also mm-hmm. think, you know, we can, we can, guys, we make up all the fucking rules. Every fucking thing about how society governs itself, we can make up, we can change, we can do whatever, right? So we can say, you're not allowed to manufacture this many goddamn guns every fucking year. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you could limit how many are actually fucking made and limit what uses are allowed to fucking have them for. But hey, I mean, again, Look, we don't need to get into this, right? We're not here to solve the world's problems, I guess. But I am saying, you fucking gun owners, guys. Like, this is you. I'm, mm-hmm. hey, you know what I mean? Like, nobody's stealing my gun and fucking yeah. killing people. So, yeah. the fuck, right? Somebody else got to fucking figure this problem out here now. But anyway. I agree. Let's you know get into the dynamite last night. It's talking yeah. about wrestling, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's get into dynamite last night. It was Valentine's Day, by the way. So, mm-hmm. Tim, did you celebrate any Valentine's Day, either day of or day before or today or anything like that? We had dinner reservations. They were also very close to where the incident happened. So I was like, you know, we're just going to stay away tonight. We'll maybe go mm. over there on the weekend or something. So, you know, we uh, we picked up some food and watched the movies on the couch and stuff and just kind of, you know, well, the day didn't feel well, right to go out and, you know. Yeah. Well, bold choice, even if no incident happened, because it was st- like last year's, it was still craziness around like seven o'clock at night. Not craziness yeah. as far as like, you know, just a ton of people. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. but anyhow, it was a Valentine's Day episode of AEW Dynamite, and it kicked off with the ace of AEW, John Moxley, taking on uh, one half of the best tag team in the world, some would say, Dax Harwood. And this was a good old grumpy men fighting in the middle of the ring, punchy punch face. You know, what'd you think? This did feel like a behind the bar fight. Um, yeah, man, notwithstanding, I'm sure we're going to get to what happened after too, but man, so we're full FTR is heels here, I guess. I don't know. Dax felt like he was ready to fucking rip some shit up. Yeah. So the match goes back and forth. We get all the fun things. Obviously, the former world champion, John Moxley, uh, gets the victory over Dax Harwood, but uh, he chokes him out to get the win by submission, but he ain't letting go. Doesn't let go, doesn't let go, doesn't let go. So then Dash comes out and he's like, motherfucker. And, you know, he's hitting him, hitting him, hitting him and hitting him. Uh, that thing that then brings out Castanoli, and we got a good old, you know, two two teams that think they're tougher than the other one. See what happens. I don't know who's yeah. sealed because you you think about it, you know, the way this started was on collision. Blackpool Combat Club beats uh, the representation from CMLL, right? And then they say anyone who's tough enough that wants to step up, step up. You know, some paraphrasing. Well, then FTR says, what's up, motherfuckers? So, again, it is probably a little bit healed, but it's also the the thought of like, you think you're better than me? I'm going to show you you're not in my league. So I'm holding on to this forever. You know what I mean? Something like that. You know what I think we're going to ultimately get from this is I think this is just the next round of what's the next big like more hardcore battle that we're going to get right so when we had the briscoes and the ftr we did these like dog collar matches and all that oh yeah this is sort of our next instance of something like that this is going to be in a cage or we're going to have collars or it's going to be a street fight or it's we're going to lead up to something that's going to be a bloody mess yeah because i believe they're 
if that is true, their first encounter is going to be next week. And I agree with you. Something will come of that to where this ain't done yet. Let's make it a, you know, mm-hmm. electrocution I'm the match or something. Yeah, exactly yeah. right. We're the ones that won't stay down. No, we're the ones that won't yeah. stay down. We're going to get a who's going to die match. <laughs> exactly. Something like that. But yes. So we get that uh, feud really kicked off and going. And like I said, next week we'll get that tag match. But then we go backstage and in a bit of a weird news, I want your take on this. Uh, Renee Paquette stand with Takeshita, Paros, Hobbs, and Don Callis. And Don Callis says, hey, I can't find anyone to fight Takeshita. And because he's so dominant, I don't think anyone will. So what I'm going to do is make him face another guy from the Don Callis family, Will Ospreay. Huh? Weird. Weird. Uh, shout out Jeffrey Sills in the chat says uh, he liked the previous match. Dax might be whiny on Twitter, but he can wrestle. Well, I mean, who isn't whiny on Twitter? Um, but very, very good observation. Yeah. Um. Yeah, this threw me... F- are they really going to wrestle? What are we doing here? Why? What is the purpose? Are, is this going to lead to somebody breaking off of the group again? This feels like I, I'm worried because I don't know what's coming, and it's in a way where I envision that what does come probably isn't going to be all that good. The match will be fine, right? Don't get me wrong. Like, they're fine competitors, but why? What? Yeah. Somebody's going to come out and make a mockery of them or something, right, and spark something. That's what I think. Somebody's going to come out and be like, look at you dorks. They'll be like, dorks? We're going to goddamn Don Callis family. Beat them up. And then there we go. Yeah, you, you know, I honestly, what my first thought was, was, this is just to get Will Ospreay a match on the pay-per-view. We have no ideas. This would be easy to, you know, uh, again, but can't we just are not. Can bump into somebody in the parking lot? Like, this well, is what yeah. we're doing? And, you know, we kind of have the same view on pro wrestling that, you know, dream matches aren't our thing necessarily without a right. story around it. Right. And so I feel like the powers that be Brian Danielson, Christopher Daniels, Tony Khan, whoever it is, was like, this is going to be, this is going to knock the roof off the place to Keshta and Will Ospreay. And if you say it, sure, but I'm not interested if it's just match, right? Hey, match. Okay. And I Especially think that's when it's heels. Like get. when you're doing random exhibition to show how great these guys are, that works better when they're two faces, right? Like this Don Callis family, is he going to be out there cheesing his dumb face around for both of these guys? How does that work, right? Or is it, oh, we shouldn't have put Will Ospreay in the Don Callis family. Let's have them, this match turns into, now it's a he real fight and now it. we all jump Will Ospreay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I could easily see something like that happening. It's just, yeah, I didn't like really anything uh, as far as the setup of this. Now, maybe Takesha's like, you don't call my shots. And then we get something like that as we get into the pay-per-view. Because could, Takesha could be the one that, you know, breaks off. But, yeah, we shall see. I, I got this. It, Jeffrey Sills just gave me an idea. He says, iron sharpens iron. So here's how this works. It is going to be somebody comes out and puts a stop to this because they're going to go out and it's going to be an exhibition of the stars, the greatest AWS to offer in the Don Callis family. And they're going to be so like faking it. They're going to be like, arm drag and it's gonna be so soft and then don Callis is gonna be mic'd up the whole time and it's gonna be like look at that amazing maneuver what an excellent like you know what i mean like just hyping up every bullshit thing they do like a toe drag right and he's gonna be like we've never seen anything like this right and somebody's gonna come out and be like we shut the fuck up and then they're all gonna fight that's what i think's gonna happen could be yeah my only thought from a storyline perspective is this is gonna be like Look at the influence Don Callis has on these guys. They'll do anything he says. They'll fight each other. They'll fight you. They'll fight the you know parking lot attendant. You know whatever it is. That's Even the only better. thing I can think of. So they're fighting, and okay, so it's Takeshita, Will Osprey. Will Osprey's getting the better Takeshita, right? I think that's where the pecking order lies, right? And Takeshita's laying over in the corner, and Don Callis is like, "Are you not vicious enough? You're not the alpha. Aren't you gonna go fight back, right?" And he starts. Almost half abusing Takeshita, right? Until Takeshita gets over and he's like, yeah, that's right. Now what are you going to do about it, right? And he starts extra putting the boots until he's going to be like, whoa, whoa, stop, stop, stop. What are you doing to Will, right? Like, you know what I mean? Like, you're too far, man, right? Maybe they play with his head a little, yeah. 
Yeah. No, it's not. No, it is not too far. Yeah. Yeah. I wish so then see, you though, said like Don Callis is sort of, you know what I mean? Mind fucking these guys. Yeah. That That's fight yeah, club style. Could be. That's a, yeah. Fight club style would be interesting to see if they could pull it off correctly, but time will tell. Um, so yeah, a little odd, but we keep it moving. Wardlow wrestled. Next we get, I, do we need to say anything? I don't care. I then you had Adam Cole not even do commentary at the commentary too. What the fuck is going on with this? I, yeah. I, anyway, I don't. Yeah, right. He never wasn't he, he there, in the, but the whole time he was just like hit him or whatever. And then he was like, "All right, we're out of here." Like it was basically yeah, he, just it, what he fucking. I don't yeah, know. from the notes I have, he says, "Nice to talk to you," and then he, but he never said a word before that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah. I don't know. I'm not. They really are doing a great job of making this boring as fuck. Each well, week they know, find a way to make it less interesting. <laughs> you know, the theory I, 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 not theory, but the observation I should say that I'm starting to come up with for AEW is the writer, writers, whatever it is, has an immaculate, very detailed act one that we fucking love, right? Hangman. Gets to the, to the title and beats Kenny Omega. Mm-hmm. Fuck yeah, right? MJF. Love that, yeah. But like MJF finds out who the devil is. It's Adam Cole. Oh my God. Um, You know, all of these things. CM Punk beats uh, MJF. Wardlow turns on MJF. Yeah. And then we don't have the next beat. We don't have that next thing ever, it feels like. And that's this case. No. I think the... The devil undisputed kingdom thing. I think it's cool on paper. I think once they said, all right, we're going to do it at World's End. And everyone's like, awesome. And they did it. And they're like, all right, let's celebrate. Hey, we're celebrating. Hey, what are we doing next week? What? Uh, hey, man, I got the Samoa Joe and Hook. Have you heard about them? And you're like, oh, that's fun. And now we just go back to that. You know what I mean? Like, yep. It's Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they definitely, if that's the plan, then yeah, I think they should find better ways to make a story in instead of like, new faction. Well, okay, then you should have a plan for that faction, right? If it was just Adam Cole screwed over MJF, then fine. Now, we don't see Adam Cole or MJF for a while, right? Adam Cole comes back before MJF, probably, if MJF comes back, hope, hope. Um, he you know, he will. Um, then, then MJF's new mission is fuck Adam Cole, right? And we continued this friendship gone awry thing that never was, right? Yeah. You know, which is still the play, but like this undisputed kingdom well, is just a big wet fart of nothing now. Yeah, the only thing maybe that would make sense is peeking behind the curtain is, you know, back at the Arthur Ashe match that Samoa Joe Samoa Joe had with MJF and Adam Cole injured himself. We had this plan for Worlds in, but then Adam Cole injured himself, and then we're like, fuck. We're going to need something. He A hobbled man can't take out MJF, right? Like, that would be dumb. So then, well, what if we just did these things? Because if you, if you pay attention, maybe if my mind is stupid or not, but I believe the Wardlow's going after MJF thing and the all that stuff happened after Adam Cole got hurt. So this could all be a pivot, and they'd never had the idea to do this Undisputed Kingdom. They had to do it out of necessity because Adam Cole got hurt. It was buying time. Or, yeah. or, yeah, so Adam Cole got hurt, and then the MJF was like, I need a fucking break or whatever, or like yeah, it's built into his contract or whatever. And he's like, hey, I got this month to this month off. And they're like, okay, fuck. So we got to stall, well, yeah, maybe, has- and we'll see. Yeah, and he has to take the time off because the bidding war of 2024 needs to add the intrigue for when he comes back, right? He can't just be here in February like, uh, what? And he's like, oh, yeah, no, we're, we're talking about that. You know, anyhow, we'll get back to it. Uh, TNT Championship Eliminator match, Adam Cole versus Daniel <laughs> Garcia. And this was fun. I like, uh, you know. Adam Copeland. Adam I Cole. Say? I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Adam Copeland. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Adam yeah, Copeland. Yeah. Versus Daniel Garcia. This was fun. I liked uh, the, you know, dancing from Ad or from Daniel Garcia. I liked how Adam then kind of mocked him and did his own old man style of doing that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was a good match. What'd you think? It was a good match. I just feel like we've already done this. Like, we've already built Daniel Garcia as, like, the guy 
who can go. And so I, I don't feel like we need the like veteran rub for Daniel Garcia anymore, right? Um, and now if it's keeping it going, I guess that's one thing. But I just didn't feel a whole lot of like, like oh my God, it's crazy that he's going toe-to-toe with Edge, right? Or Adam Cole, yeah. as we call him. Well, and what's interesting about this match is we don't actually get a finish because the, the Patriarch comes in and they beat the shit out of both guys. Um, so one of the rare DQ finishes uh, in AEW. But here's my theory. Go ahead. You go mm-hmm. first. Well, you go first. so I was sitting there thinking, what's up with Matt Menard now? Right. I was like, he's always on commentary for Garcia, but he's not helping him when he's getting his ass kicked here. But then he finally did step in to help him. Only to get his own ass kicked. So maybe that's why. Maybe he doesn't step in to help him. But, um, yeah, the patriarchy. Before you get into your theory here, the one thing I took away from this is now that they're doing this and they are the patriarchy and they're coming out and they're beating people up, we need to name things like the tough love and like like the the moves that we do, right? Like let's really get into like this fatherly, abusive fatherly stuff, right? Like let's I love really that name idea. things. And, yeah, yes. He needs to be pulling up with them. <laughs> In, like, a fucking minivan, too. I know Sue does the minivan or something, but, like, he's got to do something, right? You know what I mean? Like, he's got to have Take the family to with school. him. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Everything. Let's catch them out at dinner, right? And he's telling them, like, finish what's on your plate. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, just just really everything fatherly. We need that. Yeah. I like All that. It. You know, I don't want him to necessarily join a faction, but what if Garcia joins Christian and it's like, hey. And then we put he's everything the against kid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, because, you know, all bef- before all of this Christian stuff, Matt Menard and Cool Hand Ange would say, that's our son, Daniel Garcia. Daniel Garcia is like, I got a new dad, and it's Christian. No, Cage. here's what it is. Christian starts announcing, like, next week that that Mama Wayne uh, is now going to bring a new child, right? Like a new child <laughs> to the family. Like she has blessed us with a new child or whatever, right? And then he keeps talking about that over the next couple of days. And then we see them come out and start interfering in a Daniel Garcia match. And then they beat up the people or whatever. And Daniel Garcia comes out and he hugs and it's his new kid, right? But he always has to like announce this quote unquote fake pregnancy first, right? Like she's, yes. she's expecting yeah, a new, ch- you know what I mean? A new yeah. child, my new son, right? Yeah. Yes. Or it could be Matt Menard. It could be Matt Menard who joins. Mm-hmm. And then that's way that way you could do Daniel Garcia, Nick Wayne, kind of the B right. feud of this, or Daniel Garcia kill switch, you know, Luchasaurus. And then you still have kill Adam switch. Copeland and Christian Cage. Now, here's the only thing I did not like. So after the match, you know, all this shenanigans and stuff, uh, Adam Copeland, he's he's got the, the upper hand. He's about to take out uh, Christian Cage. And then, yeah, uh, uh, what's her name? Mama Wayne or whatever does mm-hmm. the low blow. And I kind of said this about Rhea Ripley, but if you're not going to do men versus women, which say whatever, I just don't personally like it. I don't. It's, and it's yeah. not like, a, no, oh, I, I don't like women. Her, It's just it doesn't look good. Anyhow. So if you're not going to do that, which Tony Khan has been on the record of saying, I don't like intergender matches. OK, you're right. Then you. Then you can't have the woman, in my opinion, any woman, getting involved physically because there's no payoff. Because then she'd be like, what are you going to do? Hit me, hit me. It's like, I mean, I wish, but like, you know, unless. I mean, I guess to some extent in this thing, I don't mind it because it's it's Christian guiding her to do it. Right. So the payoff is they finally beat the shit out of Christian. No, because she's not a wrestler. Or, I was going to say, what if we get Beth Phoenix to show up in AEW mm. and she's like, what's up? Now, we've already done that in WWE. Yeah, we might let her get take a bump, right? Yeah, boom. Put the thing table. I also liked about this is, uh, did you notice that uh, Christian Cage made out with his Valentine after all of this? Oh, no. Oh, the, oh, with the, the belt, TNT right? Cage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. Yes. That's yeah, a yeah. true Valentine. I love that they were like, he's like, he's making out with the belt. They were like so yeah. disgusted. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, we which, by the way, to... man, I hope he got, had some mouthwash afterwards. I'm sure that thing is filthy. Fucking or cleaned filthy. it beforehand. Yeah, something. Um, you know, we got the concerto, but honestly, with this feud, it's starting to feel hollow because like Nick Wayne got mm-hmm. it. He was back and. Now Edge has got it. He's back. I think even Luchasaurus got it. So it's like, all right, is this just like the chair shot to the back now? Because you guys are doing this a little bit too much, in my opinion. So, yeah. 
Anyhow, let's keep it moving. Uh, we get a little promo segment. Samoa Joe, Hangman Page, and Swerve Strickland. And Samoa Joe's out first, and he's like, you know what, you motherfuckers? I'm the man. Swerve Strickland comes out, and he goes, oh, you think you're the man? No. I'm the man. And then Hangman comes out and was like, hey, hey, I'm not angry. <laughs> I am not. What did he say? He's like, they're writing that I was upset. I was not upset. What did he say? Yeah. Did I write it down like, here? Not upset. Yeah, he said, yeah. they said I was angry or I was not or upset or something. Yeah, he's like, I was not yeah. upset. Yeah, I can't remember what he said there. It reminded me of, you know, back to the Super Bowl when Travis Kelsey was screaming at um, at uh, Andy, Andy Reid. Reed. Uh, they paid lip readers to find out what he was saying. And he said, put me back in the game, you fucker. I'm calm now. <laughs> it was like, yeah, okay. Yeah, sounds yeah. like it. That's kind of what that felt like. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and so this didn't really have too much, you know, meat on the bone, as they could say. Um, but essentially, all three of them were like, "Well, I'll win," and then Joe's like, "I'm beating both of your asses ASAP." Yeah, I agree. I don't think anybody said anything groundbreaking. They all stood, you know, ten toes down, if you will, right? Stood on business, whatever the kids say these days. What What did stick out to me the most was fucking swerve has the world eating out of the palm of his hand right now with these crowds man it is yeah. all swerve all day yeah it is it is a swerve's world and we are just living in it right now whose house um uh, exactly yeah this house um yeah, yeah. <laughs> then i don't here do you think this was real so after this we get Timeless Tony Storm's What Ink World Premiere. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And she's the like, tattoo. hey. Mm-hmm. And she puts like a knife through it. You think that was real? If so, way to commit. If so, way to commit. I want to say no, because if you notice, it didn't actually touch the original artwork. There is sort of like a divider, right? So that makes me think possibly not. Um, But... Maybe, but she's gonna have yeah, to wrestle. Maybe why not? She's gonna have to wrestle. Because she also, yeah, that's true. Yeah, but then you could be like, I got it removed, right? I had it, you know what I mean? Like laser removed or whatever. Yeah. Or this would be some long-term storytelling, which I'm all about. But think about this, and let's just fast forward, right? So say it's real, right? The knife through the thing. Tony Storm, mm-hmm. Diana Prazo, they wrestle. They have their feud. They separate. They go their separate ways. Tony Storm loses the belt to Britt Baker, right? Whatever. Yeah. Deanna Prazo's beating Chris Statlander, right? Thunder Rosa. Yeah. Yeah, whatever it is. Yeah. But then they join factions together. They come together as like a team. And then Deanna Prazo then puts the knife the through dagger. to be like, yeah, like we're both in this together. Yeah, we're the like, stabbing oh, sisters. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, whatever it is. Yeah. That would be kind of cool. That would be like, hey, remember? Because then we'd all have to be like, oh shit, that's right. In 2024. You know, it could be cool. Instead of knives, they could have made it scissors, and they could have been the scissor sisters. All right, never mind. We'll just move on. I tell you what, man, you want to talk about a team that's fallen off super quick, at least in my eyes. The acclaimed. They went from the coolest guys in the room to fucking hanging out with these I was calling nerds. It, wasn't I? I said quicker than you were gonna want to fucking realize the scissoring thing's gonna fall flat. Because like, they're I not doing anything new with it. The, I don't even know if it's the scissoring thing. It's the what are you doing? Like what? Are, who's? Does anyone care about Jay White and this bullet club? So there's thing? that. Yeah. It might not have fallen off his flat if they were in meaningful things, right? They're not battling for any fucking title. Like, again, I think That's... these trios things were a flop. I know, I know everybody loves fucking Japanese wrestling and they love their Lucha Libre in Mexico and those places have like trios titles and they work very well and they're a very big deal. But I've never seen them be very big anywhere in the mainstream popularity. And I don't necessarily always mean to say wrestling has to be mainstream, but like they don't really get over yeah. other than small small things or foreign areas right uh, other countries yeah. so like i just don't think they work you will hear but part of that again is because it is about the storyline you're not giving people reasons to care about if the title is just on some wrestlers because and the wrestlers are having a great in-ring match right that's fine but you guys are fans of the like have a five-star match every match out here so you're getting great matches anyway. So like the title is inconsequential and it falls back in their minds and they don't give a shit because there's no story behind who has the title or not. Right? Like that's where, yeah, you, like, I again, agree. if people were trying to bring down the acclaimed or to stop the acclaimed from doing their, the things they were doing, 
we would care more. Yeah, and eventually I think we can see a Bullet Club turns on Acclaim, but fucking who cares? I just who cares at this point. Yeah. And they're going to do a 12 man or whatever it is tag match. I still want I don't... We need Lame. I still I, I still need something with the ass boys. We need to call them the ass boys and we need daddy ass trying to whip them into shape or something and just get the acclaimed off doing their own thing and and something. the guns away I from the know. JY group and let's just go. Yeah. Let's do the ass boys uh, thing. Bring Dan Housen back. Yeah, for sure. That's a hundred percent for sure. Yeah, there's some there's some key AW <laughs> people that I need back in the TV show ASAP. Dan Housen, Britt Baker, MJF. Uh, that'll help the show out i think but one of the mainstays the young bucks they have a match with top flight now this was kind of cool they come in in the limo they're still wearing the same suits that they took out darby and sting with now apparently they're making fun of stings like what is this called a soul patch or whatever because now they just have the soul Mm -hmm. patch okay called the trumpeter (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but like, that's fine. And they're wrestling top flight here. And the only thing, honestly, Tim, the thing I came away with on all of this is let's never listen to Chris Jericho because Action Andretti is the fucking cringiest He's wrestler the worst, right now. Dude. Oh, it's He's so. Yeah. Oh my god, it's so bad. All of his whatever this water thing are... is, oh, it's not. Oh my god, cool. please stop. Yeah, hey, again, uh, like, he thinks it's fun and that people think it's funny. And it's, I don't know anybody. Do you see anybody in the crowd doing this? Well, no, but I think he's he's pushing it too hard. So credit to him for trying something. I'm not going to be like, don't try anything, sure. you fucking nerd, right? Try it, cool. But when you're like, hey, everyone, that's not, no one does that. You know what I mean? If he were to be like, I'll get this match with, Let's just say it's Jay White, right? I want this yeah, main event match with Jay it. White. <laughs> and he's like, if I beat you in this water chugging competition, I get the match with Jay White. And they're like, fine. And then boom. And they're like, dude. Like, yeah. And then, you know, sometime. And he's like, hey, I'm not you know, like the young bucks. Try to find him. He's like, if I can chug this in under three seconds, I don't get fined a thousand dollars. Young bucks say, sure. Like if it's being put on him to do it. Right fucking cool but when you do like what they did last night where top flight walks out with this fucking nerd and the nerd goes separate guys water time and then walks back that's fucking dumb yeah, he didn't even like use it as a distraction it's water. If you want. like it's yeah water even like, and you're drinking it we all drink water this is water it's oh, yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i got some water in here only yeah, I just, you know, Super Bowl 58, motherfuckers. Um, so anyhow, and, and this is another, and I hate to, I've said this before, but I'm going to keep saying it because it just grinds my gears. But if we're going to say that the Young Bucks are the best tag team in the world, and best tag team ever, and they proclaim themselves number one contenders, which I don't know if that's how the rankings work or not, or if that's just like a heel thing they're doing. <laughs> I loved it, yeah. Uh-huh. But but I mean it could just be like that's how it works. I don't know. But you know, earlier in the night we had Wardlow just run through somebody, but we didn't know who that somebody was. You can't have the young bucks struggling. That's what I don't like about these five stars. So to go back to that Takeshita Will Osprey match, everyone was like, dude, mm-hmm. this is gonna be so fucking cool. It's gonna be five stars. And I just want to be like, so it's just gonna be back and forth until the finish. Just call me when the finish starts. And that's what I'll do because yeah. it none, none of it matters. Yeah. What is this? March Madness? <laughs> yeah, just yeah, wake me up when the first round starts, and then I'll go back to bed. Tell me yeah, round give me after the fucking yeah, give me after the fucking four minute break in the second quarter and we're you know in the second half yeah. we're, we're going. Yeah. But do you get what I'm saying? Like I, I know none of it's gonna matter in the first three to five minutes. So why mm-hmm. the fuck am I watching? Yeah. I um what I took away is a couple things. One, man, those suits they're wearing are gonna get real stinky if they really ain't washing them things. And two, like, hope you guys got a lot of Lysol. But two, um this role that they're doing with the EVP thing, I think, they may not want to hear this, 
be a perfect opportunity to get away from the name Young Bucks because you're not young anymore and you could use this power trip to become something else, right? Well, like they're saying that they're the elite Bucks or the, you know what I mean, or whatever. Well, yeah, because I think they're starting to just call themselves Matthew and Nicholas. Like we're Matthew mm-hmm. and Nicholas. I don't mind. I don't hate that, right? Matthew and Nicholas. Call us yeah. by our passport names, you know. Um, yeah. I like the gimmick so far. Again, it, may, it still hasn't made a lot of sense on why you're going after Sting. Yeah, I just still, you're the Young Bucks, right? And I know, like, Lil Wayne is still Lil Wayne, but, like, you're the Young Bucks, and you are taking on Top Flight, who's, like, 20 years younger than you, and are the Young Bucks in this situation. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, like, it just yeah. felt weird to me. I just, I really think they ought to come up with something new. And this is a great gimmick for them to do it, so I would urge them to do it. Oh, good point out here. Uh Jeffrey Sills says, did you notice no super kicks? I did not. No super kicks. But I did notice that they're calling it the EVP trigger now, which is a nice touch. Yeah, that is a nice touch, yeah. And fucking Uh, Tony, you motherfuckers. I know, never touch Tony Schiavone. Never touch Tony Schiavone. Assholes. Um, We need to get... But they do. uh, Remember when JR turned evil and had a crew? Like, we need to get Tony Schiavone's like, I've had enough of this. Well, he tried. It was really bad. He tried in TNA, and it was bad. Oh, Oh, God. Yeah. It's like, brother, you're so nice. But it was just like, you're too nice. Just stop. Oh, yeah. No, you would almost have to, like, you have to very limit the lines, right? He's got one or two things, and he's in the dark, and he's hiding. You know what I mean? And almost he's revealed later, right? Like, I would limit the amount. Uh, him but yeah yeah make him the devil no i'm kidding um so yeah let's get to that so that would have been amazing because he always would shit on mjf forever like before yeah. he started becoming the good guy right like he used to be like he's fucking despicable human being i can't like he used to really lean into it the kind of the way oh, that's yeah. christian now uh yeah that would have been great if tony would have been, been the devil we would have all been like get the what fuck the out of here? here yeah, yeah. <laughs> So let's get back. So let's get to it. should have made it an anonymous GM. All right. Anyway. (laughs) So they get back to it. Uh, Tony Schiavone interviews them in the ring. Uh, They take offense to the comments that he's made. So they find him a thousand dollars, which is good, but then they shove them. And again, you're pushing Mm -hmm. your power. So I like it. And uh, I don't want to be too help him up. Yeah. This is what I never understood about the fucking move. Just move. Yeah, just they're just the holding your hands. You can't. Yeah, why didn't you just? Yeah, why didn't you like <laughs> hey. take your hands back and scurry out of there? You realize yeah, what they hey. were doing at some point. He even was like, "Don't do well, it." <laughs> yeah. Even in a match, it's dumb. Like, hey, yeah. Oh, you got my arms. I'll stand up. I'm not. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'll lean right into this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just, I don't know. It's kind of a silly move, yep. but so is the people's elbow. So I, you know, I'm just being a little critical. But anyhow. Before they get to do the EVP trigger, Darby Allen's music hits. He comes out and he cuts a promo. Uh, kind of puts the whole crowd in a weird situation because he said when this whole thing started, it was all about the Young Bucks and their friends. And uh, it wasn't until someone in the, as an EVP signed him and it wasn't the elite. It was Cody Rhodes. And some people are like, Cody, I guess, no. Um, but then they're like, how, and then he says like, how the fuck did, uh, Brandon Cutler get on the first episode, but not me, you know, and all that stuff. Uh, and then he says, we will defend our titles at revolution. And we kind of knew that the entire time. Yeah. Um, Hey, spoiler alert. I have more fun watching Brandon Cutler than Darby Allen sometimes, but whatever. (laughs) No, no, no. There's some people. Sometimes it's it's sometimes. Darby (laughs) Allen's great. I like Darby Allen a lot. Uh, you don't like Darby Allen? I mean, he's fine. He's fine. I mean, it's not my thing, but like, you know, he's gonna try to kill himself, and that's fun right there. That's the thing. If you're gonna do a back and forth match, I have to be on the edge of my seat where I'm like, is Darby going to like break his spine on the top turnbuckle? Well, to kind of further the talk you were talking about, his finishing move bothers me a lot. Like, you're you're the lightest dude in the world. You can't do a yeah. drop as a finisher. Yeah. That for I fuck's agree. sake are we doing? Who allowed that? Who said dog? Dog. Dog, I got shoes way more than you, man. The fuck are you yeah. talking about? You're just gonna drop. Yeah, you bruised my rib, I, can, I think, you dickhead. Yeah. Big show takes shits bigger than you. <laughs> Not, 
guy. Yeah, because if it's if it's uh let's if it's Keith Lee that does the coffin drop, well, that fucking sucks, right? Like that's a I don't want to do that. But yeah, 165 pounds, sure. That's not gonna take me out at all. I'll do it real time. Like I'm saying, like can I roll over and you get my back? Maybe it'll crack. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, I, I can't get my oh, thanks, buddy. You just, Yeah, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks, just, man. Hey, it's silly move. But he is a fun wrestler. I do I do like him. You know what his sure. finisher should be? Well, you know what his finisher hmm. should be? Is that damn... Skateboard of the face? Well, yeah, but the when he does that fucking dive to the outside, I mean, he runs and he does not consider the other person or himself. Like... You know that what do they call it? It's tope Suicina or whatever. When he mm. runs and just motherfucker, and it's like that hurts <laughs> everyone. Um, that could be his finish, or that should be his finish, but I don't know. Anyhow, let's move on. Uh oh, hey, here they are. Uh Renee Paquette's backstage interviews the bang bang scissor gang. And they said they had like a uh a clubhouse or something. And uh, they probably do. Yeah. And they show off their merchandise again. I think some of yeah. this is creating the Pavlog's dogs response or whatever the fuck it's called. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where it's like, we're going to do this. Like, so you do this. Right. Yeah. I think it's a little like, Hey, get a set up for that. But this was it. It happened. Then. We get everyone's favorite. I don't, if you don't get a smile when she comes out, you are just a heartless prick. But we had Willow Nightingale with Stokely Hathaway. Is there a better? No. No. Okay. Sorry. You said Willow, so I thought you were. Sorry. I'm sorry. Willow Nightingale and yeah, Willow Nightingale, Stokely yeah. Hathaway. I don't know if there's a better <laughs> team in the history of wrestling to have so some shit talking, grumpy ass hater, you know, president of the haters club, anonymous, and then the world's nicest human. <laughs> Yeah, there you can play that one. I like that one. Yeah, I mean, is there a better pairing? It's just, it's just great. And then you got Chris Statlander, and I get how he likes or he's wanting to manage Chris Statlander. I get that. That's the story. But man, Statlander ain't it? Willow is, um, because they both have the same wrestling ability, and Willow's just more like. Well, I'm not saying Chris Statlander's bad. I like Chris Statlander. I think she needs to go back to the best friends. I think having her. I agree. As the a when she was doing the alien stuff, it made it such a unique pairing with like a guy who doesn't give a shit and two guys who kind of flirt with like the idea of if the, you know they they They're make masculine zany, men right? yeah well they make yeah. masculine men feel like you don't hug you know that kind of bullshit yeah 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 like, right <laughs> that group I thought was just perfect now that she's like I don't know just in shorts and a t shirt and I'm like. No. Yeah, she kind of made them feel like the whatever the group was called, the Scooby Doo gang, right? Like, yeah, that's what they kind of felt like when that was a thing. And then they would have the mom come in once in a while. It felt like that, right? It felt like this kind of zany group was like, why are you guys together? And it's probably marijuana, but like, you know, (laughs) but that's, you know, I mean, it's cool. It's fun. And she could have still done all her fun stuff, like with the squats when she was squatting. I think it was Renee Paquette. And, and like you know, she could still yeah, almost do like she doesn't even realize how strong she is, right? Yeah. Like she's just back there lifting stuff, and they're like, "Jesus Christ, man!" And Orange Cassidy's just like, "Whatever," <laughs> you know what I mean? Just I don't know. That's what she does. That's what she does. Yeah. 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 When she's by herself, I don't know. But anyhow, let's get back to this. Willow Nightingale takes on, I guess, Sky Blue. I Sky Blue. God, we're still bless doing you. that. Well, I can't have you. I can let, let me clarify, but I, I will say I don't enjoy. Let me say it better. I don't enjoy Sky Blue to be the dark, mysterious. Now I got pigtails. Okay, hey, look, cool. Where you miss me though is when you're doing the like Stacy Keebler uh, foot to the throat in the corner, and then she like puts her hand on the middle turnbuckle and she like. Like does a kiss? You're spooky or you're a snob? But 
You can't so, be all of these things. It's weird. I know a lot of people, and I'm going to talk about fans, right? People in general, there is a large chunk of people who like the spooky things, right? Like the horror movies. They like yeah. the, that imagery, right? Like, yeah. and that's fine. And that's cool. And so they like, like, like we said, scary movies and those kind of characters, right? And they like spooky. Okay. But if we're going to make some of these characters spooky, again, this goes back to the storyline thing. I'm going to need them to do some spooky stuff. I need somebody in peril and I think they're going to be dead or their souls consumed or sacrificed to a devil or uh, who knows what else because they fucking disappeared into the void. Right. I need some spooky Mm -hmm. stuff to happen. I, and you know, if you don't even want to go that far, cause maybe you're like, Hey, what the fuck are we doing? Being like undertaker. Okay, cool. But then I would say watch tape of Raven. Raven never mm-hmm. did. Yay. He was, yeah, you can be mysterious. That. Yeah. Right. He without, was, without supernatural. Well, and again, but like, if you don't want to do, cause lights out is just a wrestling. Everyone does it. Like that's just accepted sure. pro wrestling lore. Now there, you yep. know, no one, you know, is spooky if they put the lights out. But what I'm getting right, at right, is right. like you, you you commit, right? Because Sky Blue, when she came on, she was, you know, in Chuck Taylor. She winks and she still does the wink, which again, I whatever. I guess we're still trying to separate you. Like your origin is still there. And I guess we can kind of make that story up. Yeah. But you can't be doing the, hey, look at this and blowing kisses at the camera. Like, again, go watch and I'm not saying he's the best ever, but man, he's fucking great at it. I never thought Raven was going to break character. You know what I mean? Right. Even when he legitimately got strangled on Nitro by a fan, he still kept character. Like, yeah, I need so that. Your kind point. Of if we take the me. word spooky and make it dark and mysterious, then I need you to continue to be dark and mysterious. Yeah. Rarely mm-hmm. smiling, right? Like rarely waving to the fucking crowd. Or like blowing kisses sinister. to the camera. I need yeah. Yes. I need something dark, right? Otherwise, it's just a fashion statement. Yeah. 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 You're just hot topic. Who gives a shit? Uh, Jeffrey Sills, by the way, yeah, really? I agree with him here. Uh, Chris Statler is really, really good. I do like the present. I just wish the alien thing is what got me to fall like into this character. And now she's just... Because I even like the sign language thing. I think that's a really interesting thing when she was champion and she was coming in because it made her separate from everyone else. But the alien thing, in my opinion, made her even more separate than everyone else because she actually wasn't an alien. You know what I mean? Like we all knew Statlander wasn't an alien, just like we know that Luchasaurus isn't a dinosaur. (laughs) But you know what I'm saying? And so, well, what I'm saying is like they don't portray her as an alien. Like they just portray her as a weirdo. You know what I mean? Yeah. Same with Luchasaurus. Like he never fucking got a T-Rex to come out with him. You know what I'm saying? Um I just liked her because now again, she's just a, <laughs> she's just kind of hot topic as well. You know what I mean? Just, okay. You got some tattoos and some cool gear and you're doing the Zoolander thing, which why? Yeah. Again, or yeah. If we're not going to do that, then lean into that. She's an impressive athlete. Like when you see her in the ring compared to other people, you're like, that is a damn, like she's, she's built. She is like, you know what yeah. I mean? Like she is sizable. Like she, you know what I mean? Like go lean into that or something, but give us something. I feel like she's just stalling with no real purpose or intent. I know she's wrapped up into this, you know, Stokely thing yeah. kind of in ways, but like it just, uh, maybe that's what I'm asking for is lean into something, right? Lean into the alien, lean into your strength. Cause you're just kind of bland. You're like tofu, you know, tofu takes the flavor of whatever else it's cooked with. But tofu by itself is nothing. So add something to yourself. You know what I mean? Who did that? Right. MJF did that. MJF t- said MJF that about Jay White. Yeah, yeah tofu, I was like, right, why yeah. does that sound familiar? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even know that. Um, and then, well, yes. I thought you said that said, because of that. I thought, no, yeah, I, I just thinking of tofu. I was watching Beat Stuck Bobby with you. That's a, that's a reference you're going to use for the rest of your life? Well, well no, no. Uh, honestly, real talk. Uh, we were watching Beat Bobby Flay, and the secret ingredient for the two chefs was tofu. And so that's why it was in my brain. But anyhow. Uh, but yes, uh, Jeffrey Still says, Stokely said, Chris Satlander is thicker than a Snickers. And that's just, uh, I can't. Mm-hmm. How is he not on commentary? If you want, here's a thought. I'm going to bounce this off you. What do you think? Let me bounce this off you. (laughs) Tony Schiavone is doing both shows. Collision, Dynamite. 
collision, dynamite, right? And you're wanting to separate mm-hmm. the voices. You know what I'm saying? Because you got Nigel McGinnis on collision. You got Taz on dynamite. What if you took whatever one you want, dynamite or collision, and take Tony Schiavone off and you put Stokely Hathaway in? You don't think that that guy couldn't come up with 15 one-liners a show? I bet you he could. You know what I mean? And so, because if you're not going to do anything real with him. 100% he could. Yeah. He could be a more appropriate, you know, for the times, Jerry the King Lawler, right? I'm not saying he should say puppies and all that shit, but he could be the guy that gets under. Because Nigel McGinnis, credit to Adam Copeland for always talking shit on Nigel McGinnis. He's like, Nigel, shut up. And he's like, I wasn't even talking. I know you were, you know, just Nigel's great. Mm-hmm. I love Nigel. So maybe put, yeah. Oh, Nigel's that, great. Yeah, put Stokely on. Uh, oh, I'm just talking this out, workshopping it. Put him on dynamite because. If anyone steps to Stokely Hathaway, Taz, big brothers them, and like will stand in between whoever that is and Stokely, and be like, no, man, we ain't doing this. I and he's it. like, Stokely's like, yeah, motherfucker, yep. what's up? Or if we made one of these shows like Rampage, an all women show, put him as the heel commentator on there. And oh, that's a, oh, that's a easy great call. Yeah. I forgot about Rampage, to be honest. Yeah. Um, yeah, put him on there instead of Jericho or Matt. Men- and no offense, Matt Menard, I, I do think is doing well, but instead of Matt Menard or Jericho, anyhow. Uh, now we get to the worst event. crime you can commit is dick riding without a license. If he were to say that right before the main event of Christian versus Adam Copeland, I mean, come on, you know what I God, mean? It's so right fun. there for us. Yeah. It's yeah, it's right there for us. All right, well, we get to the main event. It's a Valentine's Day. Texas death match, which kind of like the V trigger or, um, excuse me, the, uh, what were we talking about earlier? Oh, the concerto. The EVP. Similar to the con- oh yeah. Yeah. The concerto. Or, similar to the concerto. If you just start doing Texas death matches kind of loses its luster because you have this like, you know, collection of matches where it's hangman versus Lance Archer, hangman and John Moxley. Hangman, I'm saying Hangman a lot, but like Hangman and Swerve Strickland. It's his match. And now, but, yeah, but like no offense, yeah. but then it's Orange Cassidy and Matt Taven. Well, so like, did, did you ever give me the explanation on what makes it Texas? Like what, what is the difference well, between deathmatch and Texas deathmatch? Well, for this one specifically, they were in Texas. This is kind of like were, a street fight. It was a fight. death match in Texas. Yeah, this... yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. I uh, mean, yeah, that's how you could actually say it. It's the Valentine's death match in Texas. In Texas. <laughs> what was, what did Samoa Joe say? And he was like, just like Texas, they did everything bigger and dumber. <laughs> <laughs> forget right, right, how he yeah. said that right yeah. texas does feel like a cult i will say that but yeah um, was, yeah i think he was like he was like they, they made a, a dumb decision or whatever or, and it didn't work out and he's like so just like texas they did everything they did everything bigger and dumber so they added him in as a third person or something like that yeah yeah <laughs> good yeah, way to I keep the crowd that. you know turned on him uh-huh. i was like nice yeah <laughs> so yeah this is a texas death match again i don't know why um, why do they call it fatal four way when no one actually dies? You know, one of those pro wrestling things. Uh, and mm. I will say Matt Taven, given the opportunity, tried his hardest. This was a very good, like, Hey, you, I can do these position. I can be put in these spots and deliver. It felt like it was orange or excuse me. It felt like it was Matt Taven versus the tables. This motherfucker either went through it, couldn't go through it. I mean, it was like Orange Cassidy was just there, and it was Matt Taven's beef with these tables. That was where I came off with this. But what did you think of the main event? The same kind of thing. I mean, I just, again, I was like, all right, I mean, look, a death match is rarely, like, terrible, right? Like, I feel like your mm-hmm. floor is a C, right? As long as you don't, like, just shit the bed in what you're doing there. So it was fine. I just, same thing. Coming away, I was like, well, what? first of all, was this – like why is this match here is a texas death match like I, I, yeah yeah i was a little so, confused as to why right exactly why? me too and, and i get it that orange cassie's feuding with the undisputed kingdom but he's feuding with roger strong not matt taven right. so i don't know why anyhow but right. 
the, I like what happened at the end. Let's talk about the end. So Orange Cassidy gets the victory. Then here comes, uh, they already had um, the, the Matt Taven's tag team partner. Can't think of his name. What's the guy's name? Bennett. You know I'm talking about Mike Bennett. Mike Bennett. Yeah. Mike Bennett had already came out there, which then brought out Trent, right? So the numbers are even, but then here comes Roderick Strong. This is what I like. Orange Cassidy's in the corner. Roderick Strong's about to do this fucking big knee and Trent takes the bullet and fucking moves him. Feels like we're still doing something in the background with Trent and Orange Cassidy. What do you think of that? I think so. I think so. Yeah, that one piqued me too because we've seen Trent be annoyed a bunch with Orange Cassidy, right? And so, like, is this going to materialize later? Like, I had to save you. You know what I mean? Like, or is it going to, is there going to be, I think what we might get is Trent's going to be in a similar situation. Orange Cassidy's in position where he could do the same thing in return, but he's a little too like, eh, you know what I mean? Like, shit. I didn't notice, you know? And he's going to be like, you never fucking notice. Yeah. And he's going to lose it. Yeah. But, but but I thought you had it. I mean, you're, you're Trent. So. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. And then hey, just man. walks off. You want these cheese fries or not? You know? And then yeah. fucking fuck your cheese fries. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Fries. So that was, <laughs> that was your AEW Dynamite. Good show. I don't think it really moved the needle with any storylines. And, you know, Tony Khan, to his credit, and I do believe, like, some of these shows recently have been very, very, very good. I would advise, if I had his ear, to tell him, don't go away from the stories. I I understand we don't want to start every show with a 30-minute promo. No one does, right? Like, kills the crowd, all of that stuff. Right. However, as great as the Continental Classic was... Tim, I can recall us coming on this podcast and going, "Uh, Roosh lost to Jay White and uh, they have a really good match. And and like, there's nothing to like get you going. And so I've noticed we've, yeah, I've noticed we've started like two weeks in a row now with 30 minute bangers and like, that's cool. But like, and, and with, I need a reason yeah, for these. With, <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. The, the, you know, the John Moxley, Dax Harwood had a, genesis of why it happened right but yeah i i guess what i'm saying is like i like wrestling obviously wrestling matches are dope mm-hmm. i like wrestling matches though because of the story i don't right. just like arm drag yeah. body slam i don't fucking care and so we're if asking just for saying, a little less wrestling in our wrestling right that's what yeah. we're saying just a little less yeah, wrestling it, in I, the wrestling i want a little yes exactly i want a little bit more you know, feuds. I want feuds. I want real, I want love stories again. You know, we talked about uh, Ruby Soho turned on Soraya uh, on Rampage. We didn't talk about this, but but they had a tag match and Ruby Soho, as she was walking out, had something in her pocket. She looks down, puts it back in her pocket. And then Soraya, because it was against Chris Statlander and Willow Nightingale. And uh, as Soraya, who's like trying to get the hot tag, she goes and Soraya, or excuse me, and then Ruby Soho just jumps down. It's like, nope. And then is yeah. it Haley or Harley, whatever her name is, she tries to stop Ruby. Ruby really. gives her a good old how's your mother? And that faction is now done. Uh, but that's a good love story, right? We had Cool Hand Ange, we had Soraya not liking it, we right. had Ruby Soho stuck in the middle. That right. should have been on and Rampage. This was all stuff. This was all stuff that was going outside. Yeah. of the matches in the ring you know what i mean that's what we're saying i i know people will confuse the term story with you know like set of matches and promos dialogue and a reason or two isn't what we mean by stories here right like again if you study storytelling whether it be like screenwriting or, or novel writing or whatever like there's tenants and there's principles and there's practice put in place that are like repeatable mm-hmm. And because they work, right? And and we just need a little more of that here with some of these, right? We need some, like we need character work, and we need the characters interacting with things because they have their own goals and purposes, right? And now how those interact is where we get the clash in the stories. Yeah, and, and you know, again, pro wrestling's big enough. This is gonna be my motto for the year: pro wrestling's big enough to where you can like something, I can like something. You know, uh, I will reject the the notion no. though. <laughs> 
I will reject the notion, though, that if you tell me, well, the story is you see how Roger Strong's working over Orange Cassidy's arm. Nope. Nope. That is like that's that's a story for the match. But that is not the fucking story, brother uh, or sister. And so, like, that's what I mean is you can't tell me that because it's by itself. It's fine. Right. It's cool. But. You need a story to get to the reason why, in this example, Roderick Strong is working over Orange Cassidy's arm. I can't just take, you know. And there's no better way than to leave you with this, as Jeffrey Sill says. The only outcast I acknowledge is Three Stacks and Big Boy. (laughs) 